There was no clue to the madness that would cause him to set fires all over California. I just put my head down on my desk and, and cried. Two store employees died in this blaze, along with two-year-old Matthew Troidel and his 50-year-old maternal grandmother. For one thing, I can't stand a dirty cop. Prosecutors claim the former arson investigator got sexual gratification out of setting fire. Who, who really suspects their partner or something like that? My name is Maria Stobbs, and you're listening to Burning Addiction. As the daughter of a police officer, you hear a lot of horror stories. Some of them leave you startled, and others linger with you. Well, one story of my dad's that always stuck with me was about his partner, John Orr. He was Glendale, California's trusted fire captain, and he saved lives. He trained the next generation of firefighters, and my dad trusted him. But off-duty, John Orr had a deadly secret. He was addicted to setting fires. A series of fires throughout the 1980s and 1990s that cost millions of dollars in damages and even claimed four lives. He not only fooled my dad, he fooled everyone around him. But who would have thought the friendly face of the local fire captain, who occasionally spoke on the news, would secretly be the most prolific arsonist of the 20th century. My first day on the job, I met him at the office, and he was very welcoming and friendly. There were only two desks in the office, so I grabbed the empty one. John was very helpful and assisted me with scheduling my required training and classes. He even taught a couple of those classes that I attended. That's my dad, Doug Stobbs. He worked in law enforcement for 37 years, and 26 of those were at the Glendale Police Department in California. During this time, he was assigned to be a patrol officer, a field training officer, a fraud and identity theft investigator, and in 1986, he was assigned to the arson unit. The arson unit, it was a two-person unit consisting of one firefighter and one police officer. Fire Captain John Orr and police officer Denny Wilson were the original two investigators in that unit. Their job was to investigate fires and post-blast explosions. John was sort of known as a a wannabe police officer. That's Dennis Wilson, who my dad just mentioned worked with John before he did. At some time, I learned that he had applied with the city of Los Angeles in their police department and washed out in the psychological test. From there, he went to the fire department in Los Angeles and got injured during the academy and eventually joined the Glendale Police Department and had been a firefighter with that department. In 1974, John was accepted to the Glendale Fire Department as an arson investigator and eventually rose through the ranks. It became obvious that John was not too fond of police officers. During that time, most of the cops went to a bar called Shenanigans on Broadway. They had sat around together, drank and discussed their day and gossiped about other cops, calls they may have gone on that day. Uh, And I took John with me a couple of times. He normally left when the other cops would show up or shortly after. And he didn't like mingling too much with them. And I didn't really understand why. His stories with them, you know, everybody tell their police stories and His stories would be something like, you know, some rookie cop stepped all over his crime scene and there's something else that was negative about police. Cops looked at John as a wannabe cop, drove too fast through town, and John looked at the cops as idiots that didn't know anything about being first responders or fire safe. 
Did you ever notice any weird behaviors or interactions between John and other colleagues? I know from talking to a lot of cops, they didn't like him. They said he was arrogant. Uh, he talked down to him, kind of like, you know, what are you stepping on my scene for? What are you doing? Let's go stand over there. He would kind of boss him around like he had the authority to boss cops around. They didn't like that. Uh, they also caught him flying up and down the street. The cops didn't like it because if they pulled him over, you know, he'd just badge him. You know, oh, I'm on my way to a call or whatever. So they didn't like him. But besides his disdain toward police officers, when it comes to first impressions. He seemed like a really nice guy. He was actually the go-to guy when investigators from other agencies had questions or, or a fire they couldn't solve. I think uh, the firefighters respected him. They knew that he was one of the top arson investigators in the state, if not the nation. He wrote a lot of articles that were published, you know, regarding fires. He had a lot of colleagues up and down the coast of California calling him. He had a normal life as an investigator, a father, and a friend. He was an outdoors guy, and he'd go hunting or fishing with some of his people. And I mean, he had a different lifestyle than I did. I was married. I had a, a family, and I, you know, it's, it's at the end of the workday, I would go home to my wife and kids. And you know, he was a single and sort of known as kind of a ladies' man. And he he went out and did whatever he did in his off-duty times. And but during our working experiences, we you know we got along okay together. John met his first wife in high school. They married while he was stationed in Spain during his time in the Air Force. After being honorably discharged from the Air Force in 1971, he returned to Los Angeles. The couple had two daughters together, and later they divorced. And his relationship with his wife was pretty decent because, you know, they were human with each other, and he saw his kids regularly. And by the time my dad began working with John, he'd gotten remarried. You know, John was very secretive about you know, where he went, what he did, both on duty and off. I had been to his house. I met his wife, Wanda. She was a sweetheart of a woman. But outside of that, if he wasn't where he was supposed to be, he'd say he was visiting a girlfriend who lived in Chevy Chase Canyon. Uh, he'd never tell me anything about her, though, including her name. To his daughter, Lori Orr, he was her hero. When I was young, my mom and dad divorced. So we kind of had the shared custody every other weekend, holidays, vacations, stuff like that with my dad. And we almost always did things during those times and spent the time with him when he wasn't working. I'm sure you know how that is when they're firemen. It's like their time is not always on our time. <laughs> but when it, when it was, we spent them together. I looked up to my dad when I was young, especially when he'd be on the news or in the newspaper for either saving someone from a fire, saving animals from a fire, or when he was an investigator actually investigating the fire for arson. I looked up to him a lot. I'd go to school and tell all my friends that my dad was on the news. Did you see him? And stuff like that. So yeah, he was a hero to me. By the age of 18 years old, I loved hearing all types of police stories from my dad. Other children of cops I knew also felt proud of their parents who worked in law enforcement. So, like Lori, my dad was also my hero. And he still is. But Lori was 18 when her idea of her dad began to shatter. I was going to a boyfriend at the time's parents' house 
And when we walked in, his parents said to me, your dad's on TV. And I said, I know he's, he's on there often. And they said, no, I think you might want to see this one. The town's trusted fire captain was on TV. Only this time he was in handcuffs, being placed into a police car, arrested for arson. Authorities say the man responsible for investigating fires was also the man who was setting them. His name is John Orr. I just, I didn't know anything about this, didn't know he was investigated, didn't know anything. So seeing that was just a major shock. With a firefighter turned bad, you'd have to expect that the person was a very intelligent and crafty sociopath to be able to live this type of life for so long without being detected. John was revealed to be the most prolific serial arsonist of the 20th century, setting over 2,000 fires from 1984 to 1991. But how did he manage to hide his obsession for seven years? In the next episode, we find out how he was able to fool everyone around him, including my dad. I'm Maria Stobbs, and thank you for listening to the first episode of Burning Addiction, the story I grew up hearing about a trusted fire captain and a partner with a deadly secret.